0: How's it going, everybody, and welcome to Just the Buddies Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm your host, Daniel. And today, we're doing a podcast. If you're new to the channel, please smash that subscribe button. Hit it super hard with that index finger or your thumb or the ring finger. Whatever you choose, just hit it because that means your life will get a thousand times better because you're putting out positivity because you want things to be positive. Positive. So smash it. Smash it. Don't break the table. Well, smash it. (laughs) Or don't. I don't know. Also, comment what you guys want us to talk about next week. You guys are going to see throughout this video. We took you guys' suggestions from last week, and we're talking about it this week. So let's get into the podcast. Okay, so before we get into everything, I wanted to talk about some some brief things before we get into the podcast. We were in Japan. Yes. We were in Japan for a little over a week, and there's stuff that we wanted to talk about, some videos that were filmed, that we want to talk about now. Yeah. And some of you guys may have seen it on TikTok, but for those who haven't and want to, to talk about it and dive <laughs> deeper into it, this is, this is that moment. Gosh, Japan was wild. It was. And we'll get more into that later. But first, I want to talk about this video topic that I thought was really interesting. And it's about the names that people have, how, based on averages in science, uh, yeah. what, um, what name someone has can predict how many people they've slept with or been with. This, okay, let me just stress this. I see, I see this in the comments a lot. Some of these numbers, right, it's like point and people are like how do you sleep with 0.4 of someone and what it basically is it's saying is it's taken all these all these hundred thousands of people and they interviewed them like how many people you've slept with and they took the average so when you take the average of something <laughs> there's going to be a decimal okay so before i get into it i just want to <laughs> disclose that up front let's start with this so in 10th place and this is like on their list this is like the female names they said and i'm not saying that you know, all females have to have these right. names. Like, I obviously know some friends that are males that have these names. But starting in tenth place, we have Emily sleeping with two point four people. Ninth place is Helen sleeping with two point three people. Eighth place is Susan sleeping with one, uh, sorry, two point one people. Seventh place is Mary with two people. Sixth place is Faith with one point nine people. And now let's get into like, you know, the names that you have the have the <laughs> have the lowest. Which is good. I I mean, uh, no shame to people that have higher. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. (laughs) Starting in fifth place, here we have Heather with 1.8 people. Fourth place is Shirley, sleeping with 1.7 people. Third place is Michelle with 1.5 people. Second place is Jean with 1.4 people. And in first place, the name that has the lowest amount of, you know, bodies slept with, Uh been with, you know, the most, (laughs) you know, I I don't want to say anything wrong. (laughs) Dorothy is the name in first place with sleeping with 1.3 people. Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Keeping it pure, keeping it clean. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't know. All right. We'll move on to the guy names now. This is the most uh, PG-13 version of justin The you're going to (laughs) see. In 10th place is Bruce, sleeping with 1.9 people. Ninth place is Brian, sleeping with 1.7 people. Eighth place is Harry, sleeping with 1.6 people. Harry Styles, I'm sure that number is a little off, but we'll just roll with that. (laughs) 7th place is (laughs) Philip with 1.5 people. 6th place is David with 1.5 people. And now let's get into, uh, you know, the rest. Yeah. 5th place is Grant with 1.4 people. 4th place is Jason with 1.3 people. 3rd place is Frank with 1.2 people. 2nd place is Dylan with 1.2 people. And in 1st place, the name with the lowest body count... And it's, you know, it's the name from Twilight, and it's Edward sleeping with 1.1 people, and we all know who that one person is, and it is Bella, right? Yeah. That's weird. That's such an (laughs) awkward conversation. (laughs) I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting. I thought people would like to hear about it, but I don't know. Maybe it's cringy and whatever. No, I think it's super interesting. It's funny because I know two people with the names on that list. I know a David and a Dylan. That's right. I guess you can ask them if it's right, (laughs) if it's wrong. I don't know. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, there's also this other thing. While we're on this topic, while we're on this PG thirteen, just the nobodies yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of talk, we are going to also get into this other thing I talked about with Daniel is and there's this thing called soaking, and Ooh. and basically it, comment at this moment in the podcast comment get that text box click it and say I do know what soaking is or I never heard of soaking because <laughs> I genuinely would love to hear if people knew about soaking before this and if not you're about to be really uh either I don't, I don't know how, I. I had no idea what it was. Yeah, I know. It's it's really weird. Yeah, but I don't want to like shame anybody for doing. it. Right, 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 right. No shame, (laughs) no shame. So let me just get right into it. We'll just you know knock it out fast. Uh, Soaking is also known as floating, and for everyone who doesn't know what soaking or floating is, it's basically for people that don't want to you know have like intercourse or they feel like it's wrong. Basically, in the Mormon religion, they they feel if you have premarital intercourse or sex. You don't go to heaven. So, what these kids in the Mormon religion? I'm not saying all Mormons do this. I'm just saying this is what I've read. <laughs> okay, some Mormons will have the, do this thing called soaking, where the guy and the girl go on top of a bed. The guy puts, you know, the thing in, and they stay yeah. completely still. They completely s- still. Okay, no it's, movement. Th- it is hard for me to even talk about. This. <laughs> completely still. Okay, no movement whatsoever. So, in their mind, they're like, okay, you know, we haven't anything wrong yeah Right. in their mind okay <laughs> then this is where the soaking action comes in or floating or floating or a friend will walk into the room okay and the friend was asked by the couple like hey can you help us out perform some f- soaking or floating action and the friend jumps on top of the bed and starts jumping up and down jumping up and down up and down up and down what this does is if you understand the science of gravity right <laughs> What goes up must come back down, right? So as he goes down on the bed, the bed goes back up. When he goes back down on the bed, the bed goes back up. And in turn, everything on top of that bed goes up and down, too. So the couple that is staying completely still start moving up and down. And in turn, soaking is in progress. And floating begins. Yes. And in turn, the job gets done. Both, everyone's happy. I don't know about the friend jumping on the bed. Well, the person is basically just shaking the bed for them. Exactly. So this is that segment of uh, PG-13, just the nobodies, and I'm glad uh, you guys can learn about it. I don't know <laughs> if that contributed to the success of your knowledge or anything, but it is interesting. Oh, it's very interesting. And, I, and there's one little fact that uh, I forgot to mention. So BYU is a college in Utah, I believe. Uh-huh. And apparently based on Reddit forums and some other articles I've read, a lot of some kids, not a lot, I should say some, some kids at BYU do do soaking <laughs> as their way of enjoyment. Yes. So if you're into soaking, go to BYU. <laughs> on the next, <laughs> next part of the podcast, uh, I also talked about names of people. They actually found that, as we all know, when you say, say your name was stupid. Yeah. Right. Your name was stupid. Right. Your name was actually stupid. Like the word stupid. Yeah. yeah. You in turn would feel pretty dumb. Oh, yeah. And it it'd be very embarrassing. Right? Very embarrassing. So yeah. people would perceive you a certain way in probably a negative way if your name was stupid. They would think I'm stupid. So what they found was there's a huge correlation between success and your name. So your name can actually set you up. So if you have a certain name that is well respected and people tend to like think highly of that name without yeah. even knowing you you in turn will be more successful. Right. So I wanted to get into what that is. And basically, I would like to start with a top 10 list of the most successful names and This could be true. This could be false. I don't know, but it sure is true based on certain studies. We'll start with um, the female names. So we have Morgan, Elizabeth, Catherine, Victoria, Lorraine, Susan, Catherine with a C, Kate, and Madeline. So those 10 girl names, I don't know if I named 10. Did I name 10? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. I don't know if I counted that right. (laughs) Anyways, those names are found to be very successful consistently where all those people with that name tend to do really well in life. Now, let's move on to the guys. Here we have Steven, Ross, Christopher, James, Robert, David, Kenneth, Parker, Thomas, and Madison. And these names are consistently, they found throughout history to be very successful. successful. That's crazy. It's crazy how all those names have one thing in common and that those people are successful. Right. And there's one thing I also want to stress. These are like in the United States, these names in the United States. So I don't want to say like, you know, there's probably some names that are from a foreign country Yeah. that are also very successful. But they, the study was done in the U.S. Right. I mean, it's really unbelievable how they're able to figure that out. Yeah, it is amazing that they were able to basically I'm sure they just tracked down a bunch of like n- yeah. people and then they found like. Oh, this person's done well. Okay, let's write down. Oh, this person has the same name as this person, and also has the same name as this person. Right, it's crazy. Also, there's another theory that I would like to talk about, and that is John Wick. Now, this theory that I'm about to talk about was a theory from you know a couple weeks ago before the movie released. I still think this theory works, but uh, we'll just as well put that out there. No spoilers. <laughs> Okay, so there's a theory that John Wick, okay? We all know John Wick is played by Keanu Reeves. There's yes. a theory that he is also Neo. John Wick is actually Neo in the Matrix in an alternate program. Yeah. As we see throughout the Matrix, there are multiple programs that Neo goes through, right? We see there's a moment where he's in a training um, simulation. There's also moments where he's in a dojo doing training. There's also moments where we see Neo is living a regular life, also known as Mr. Anderson. So there's moments where you could argue that Neo has multiple personalities, multiple right. lives, yeah. and it's actually the architect behind the Matrix that's kind of figuring out, like, okay, we got to try to keep Neo, like, don't know who he is, let him not know who he is yeah. right now, and keep it a secret. So they put him through the John Wick program. Uh, yep. We see how John Wick fights a bunch of people as if they're like an NPC. Right. And we also see how he's able to jump from buildings, fall really hard, not die. Yeah. Somehow he's able to always recover. Somehow, and it's very similar to Neo. There's even a scene in John Wick Chapter Two where we see Winston, like, makes a phone call. Right, has one of his guys make a phone call, and all of a sudden, every single person in the perimeter just starts looking at John Wick. Yeah, and it's very similar when Morpheus in in the first Matrix kind of stops time, and everyone's kind of like frozen, and they're able to kind of look at Neo. Right, it's just so interesting to see the the similarities. Even the director of the film, I believe, is a stunt co- coordinator on the Matrix. Mm-hmm. The way John Wick speaks, the, the amount of, you know, syllables he uses is very similar to Neo. Mm. And even the cine- cinematography, the team that was used on John Wick is the same as the Matrix. So it could be, in the end, a very well-connected universe where John Wick is just an alternate version of Neo. Right. Because we do see John Wick do some pretty inhuman things. Yeah. Like, it's like, how do you even pull that off? No, I know. And how do you live through that? And somehow, right, even when he gets shot, he gets stabbed. There's always something about the position where he gets shot, he's able to recover. (laughs) Right. And he's like, he's just a super good fighter, right? Has really good fighting skills. Neo has really good fighting skills. Neo could just, you could just upload a program in his head. Yeah, he's able to fight like Kung Fu style. And the way he fights is very similar to John Wick too. Right. I actually remember this scene where he goes, he like wakes up, he goes, I know Kung Fu. Yeah. So moving on, I also talked about some crazy stuff this past week. I talked about... How to play Minesweeper, the computer game. I know. And this is where it really shocked me. And I felt in this moment, and I didn't realize that the video was posted on April 1st and people thought it was like an April Fool's <laughs> thing. But maybe I am just that out of touch with like how you're supposed to play the game. Because yeah. honestly, I thought I wasn't the only one who knew how like, not, like, how you're supposed to play it. Like, I thought for me, you just like, click a bunch of random buttons it's like Russian roulette you hope that you don't hit the wrong thing that's what I thought yeah but apparently there's rules yeah and I always thought right so for people who didn't see it when you play Minesweeper and you click randomly right you see all these numbers appear now these numbers actually tell you how many like squares or how many bombs that square is touching right so if you see a one that means that one square is touching a bomb yeah and I had no idea that was a thing. I also didn't know that the flags had use, right? The flags yeah. are meant to flag a bomb. Like, you place the flag on a square that you think has a bomb, so you don't click that on accident. <sighs> yeah, I like, felt really stupid. What? I had no idea. Well, it's got to know that there is actually a method to winning. Right. Because for the longest time, I'm sure there's... a. A lot of people have done this, right? You just click randomly. Yeah, because that's no one tells you how to play. Right. Nobody taught me how to play in elementary school. I would always just play it in the computer lab. I had no idea what I was doing. Right. But now we know. Now we know. Now we know. I also talked about this thing called Janet Airlines. Oh, gosh. This is so weird. Now, this is an airlines that flies out of Las Vegas. Now, this airline, people don't know where it goes or what it's actually doing, right? So... We see on a bunch of like airplanes, like JetBlue, United, Southwest, we see all the airplanes have like this big logo on it. They have right. the big writing on it. Now, Janet Airlines just has a red stripe. That's it. They don't have Janet on it. Janet st- actually stands for just another non existent terminal. Yeah. Like that's kind of creepy. Yeah. It's weird, especially when you see like this footage and photos of people like aboarding. Right. You know, aboarding the Janet airplane. And- yeah. No one knows what it really does. Right. And even the workers at the airport don't even know where it goes. That's so suspicious. Like, how do you explain that? The workers at the airport where the planes fly out of, they don't know where it's going. You know, it'd be really cool to see if we can see where it takes off to, like what direction and then kind of just look at what direction, like what on a map, what is towards that direction. Right. So people have said that they've seen it flying to area 51 now people have also said that it's been to like military bases where they do like weapon testing oh so it's kind of weird when you see people boarding this plane that kind of look like normal people right and they're flying to these areas and what's so weird too is like the photos you showed me yeah is that you don't see people getting off the plane you only see people boarding the plane getting on yeah yeah And I think there was only, there was some footage of it having to emergency land because of a storm. Huh. And when you see it, like, emergency land, like, on the runway. Yeah. You see all these, like, cop cars and all these, like, almost military-looking cars with sirens. And they're just surrounding the plane, like, driving with it. Oh, so scary. Yeah. So it's almost like. They're, like, keeping it really protected. Like, nobody sees what's inside. Yikes. So... Aliens! Be on the lookout for Janet Airlines. If you ever see an airplane, like, a big-looking plane, like, a regular, like, uh, airport plane with just a red stripe and nothing else, that's Janet. Watch it. Look where it goes. So another thing that I talked about was a Mario theory-ish kind of thing. Yeah, it's definitely... It's, like, it could be, like, a really good theory, but it's also... Now based on what you shared, is it's not really a theory. It's more like a fact. Right. So if you guys didn't know, there's actually a manga from 1996 that explains how the 1-Up Mushrooms came to be. And it's actually from dead Mario bodies. So what happens is the Mushrooms grow off of the corpses of dead Marios. Right. And they give extra lives to the living Marios. What's so weird is when you look at the photos, right, you actually see that there's a dead Mario in the ground, and it slowly, you know, this mushroom, you can see it's, like, attached to, you know, the veins yeah. of Mario, and it's slowly becoming this one-up mushroom that we all know, right, in right. video games, is, like, what gives you extra health. And technically, it's, like, the rare mushroom, right? So whenever you die, it's actually creating a mushroom for another Mario. And what I like about this, the whole explanation behind the green, the the, the one-up yeah. mushroom, is that it, it takes account for, like, It knows that you will die in Mario video games. Like You know it. They know it happens. They're like, let's figure out a way to incorporate the deaths of these Marios and, like, this idea of these healing mushrooms. Yes. And it's just so cool that they are, like, so aware of, like, that there are deaths that happen in Mario. And it's not like you're just the same Mario just repeating and repeating, right? Right. It's actually... A bunch of Mario's. Yeah. That you're. Every life you take when you die, that's one life. Yeah, you're another Mario. Yeah. Okay, we interrupt this podcast to thank our sponsor, HelloFresh, the number one meal kit in America. So for those who don't know what HelloFresh is, with HelloFresh you get farm fresh, pre portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why. It is America's number one meal kit. And just look at how easy it is. It already comes in a meal kit, ready to go. It's in a bag. All the ingredients are there. You just hop into the kitchen, read the instructions, and it's ready to go. Yeah, everything for a meal is in this bag. In this little bag right here. And April is Earth month, and HelloFresh is always committed to a cleaner planet. On average, HelloFresh meals have a 31% lower carbon footprint Than the same meals made from supermarket ingredients. Plus, nearly all HelloFresh packaging materials are curbside recyclable in most areas of the U.S. You're saving your health, you're saving your time, you're saving your taste buds by eating some of the most beautiful, wonderful, tasteful food in the whole world and at the same time you're saving the world. And we know that good food is too precious to waste. HelloFresh's pre-portioned ingredients cut down on your food waste by at least 23% compared to grocery shopping, which is good for your wallet, and the planet so let's get grubbin i mean if you just look at this right everything that you need to cook a meal is in this bag this bag is the meatballs with bulgogi sauce oh this okay guys let me tell you something this is one of my favorites yes the bulgogi sauce (laughs) meatballs the meatballs are so (laughs) lean with like some amazing flavor but what's so good about the meatballs is that it's so easy to make 100 percent, so easy to make like let me tell you it tastes better than like any restaurant meatball you'll ever have yeah and then you feel good because you're the one who cooked it yeah you'll impress all your friends you say like hey guys i'm cooking a meal right they'll be like whoa this guy this girl they got their stuff together like they know how to cook and like i think that in itself i respect people who can cook oh yeah i know i'm not very good but hello fresh makes me look a lot better right <laughs> like it makes me look like, a, like i'm a chef you yeah know? but like It shows you. I really feel like people really respect people who can cook. Yeah, so go to HelloFresh.com slash Nobody's50 and use the code Nobody's50 for 50% off. Plus, your first box will ship free. That's HelloFresh.com slash Nobody's50 while using the code Nobody's50. Let's get back to the podcast. So, I want to talk about an interesting story that I feel like in my lifetime, this was one of the most iconic stories, movies, tv series animes that i've ever seen oh and i want to talk about it today Oh, i'm kind of excited now i like i when it comes to anime daniel and i have like like you really like demon, demon slayer. slayer i haven't really watched demon slayer yeah i liked attack on titan i like one piece and it's just so interesting like we don't always watch the same animes so right. i'm glad i could finally <laughs> i i can explain this to you and tell you the story the way i feel I shouldn't say how I feel, but I just feel like this is the way I remember it. Right. (laughs) Do you know the story about the boy who could time travel to try to catch a serial killer? No. So the story starts out with this guy named Satoru, and he's really passionate about making comics, but in the meantime, he's working as a pizza delivery guy. And one day when he's delivering pizzas, all of a sudden he has this thing called a revival. And that is where he gets this feeling where he's able to see the future, and then he's able to go back a couple minutes to prevent any bad thing that could happen in the future. Okay, that's honestly kind of cool. Yeah, so while he's delivering the pizzas, he notices when he's having the revival that one of the truck drivers nearby is actually falling asleep, and Satoru actually manages to wake him up before he hits a young boy in the middle of the street, saving the boy's life. But in the process of saving the boy, he gets hit by a car and ends up in the hospital. Wait a second, so he dies? So he wakes up in the hospital, and his friend Irie is with him, who also works with him at the pizza delivery place. So a couple days pass by, and Satoru's mom actually comes to help him to help him like recover, be able to heal, and get back on his feet. So he leaves the hospital and his mom tells him like, hey, I'm gonna stay with you for a couple days and let's just chill. So that night Satoru's mom asked Satoru, hey, do you remember like all the tragic things that happened when you were a kid like in our town? What does that mean? So when Satoru was a child, he actually lived in this one town that actually had a serial killer that was kidnapping young girls at his school and those girls were never found. That's really disturbing. Yeah, so Satoru starts to remember all these tragic things that was going on in his hometown and he also remembers that his friend Yuki who was actually like around 20 years old at the time was actually arrested for these kidnappings. So the next day, Satoru and his mom go to the grocery store and all of a sudden he's in the parking lot and he has one of those revivals again and he starts looking around like, mom, do you notice anything weird? Like, is anything bad happening? And then all of a sudden his mom makes eye contact with this guy in this van and all of a sudden the van drives off and there's a little girl by the van. The girl was actually gonna be kidnapped By the guy, but since the mom made eye contact with the guy, the guy got scared and drove away. So the mom saved her life, dude. This superpower is crazy, yeah. So Satoru's mom actually realized that the guy in the van looked very familiar and she started to try to recall who that is. So she's going through old newspaper articles and photos and she realizes like she knows who it is. She has this moment where she realizes who the kidnapper is and who it's been for all these years. And she waits for Satoru to get home from work, but then all of a sudden the door opens to her house and this man walks in and stabs her and kills her. What, yeah. So this guy kills her, runs away. All of a sudden Satoru walks into the building and he sees his mom dead and he falls to the ground in shock and he grabs his mom and there's blood on his hand and all of a sudden the neighbors see Satoru with the blood on his hand and thinks that Satoru just killed his mom. So they call the police. The police are after Satoru. So Satoru gets up, starts running away. So the police are chasing after Satoru and all of a sudden Satoru is running as fast as he can. But in the process of running, he has a revival and all of a sudden he wakes up and he's in his 10 year old body again back in time. Wait, so he's younger now. Yeah. So he ends up going back to 1988 and all of a sudden he realizes that this is the moment when all the kidnappings happen and maybe he was sent back to be able to prevent these kidnappings and save his mom's life so Satoru runs home and all of a sudden his mom opens the door and he's just so happy to see his mom because she's alive here and Satoru is determined to find the first girl that got kidnapped that year and her name is Kayo so Kayo was a really shy girl and she had a really bad home life whenever she would come to school she would have bruises because her mom would beat her up and it was just a really bad scenario okay this is actually a really sad story this is so sad it's a cartoon and like it's an anime but like Satoru is that Kayo that she's going to be kidnapped in 11 days and that he has 11 days to try to rewrite the past and fix things. So the next day Satoru is just stalking Kayo to make sure that she is safe and he sees his old friend Yuki and Yuki's the one that got framed for all the kidnappings and he went to go hang out with Yuki and like said like hey Yuki how you doing let's go do something. So he goes back to Yuki's house and he's talking with Yuki and they're having a great time and at that moment Satoru realizes that Yuki there is no way that he was the killer or the kidnapper and that he was framed because he does not have it in him to do such a thing. So Satoru is really determined now To prove Yuki's innocence and that he has to now find the real killer. So, if he could change the past, it'll fix his future. Yeah, so that's what he's hoping for. So, he ends up going to Kaio's home later in the day and he's trying to look for her and he can't find her. But as he approaches the backside of the house, he sees this shed and these footprints going to the shed and he opens the door and all of a sudden Kaio is in there beat up. Before he could help her, all of a sudden her mom walks up, grabs Kaio, and takes her back into the house. So, Satoru immediately goes to the school to talk to his teacher named Yashiro to inform him that I think Kaio's mom is beating her up and it's just not good. Why doesn't he just call? police yeah i don't really know i'm not the writer of the story but basically what happens is satoru the next couple days hangs up with kayo and really just tries to watch over her to make sure that nothing bad could happen he stays up really late to watch her house and the night she was supposed to be kidnapped he watches and he looks at his clock and the clock strikes midnight and he saved her because that was the night he was she was supposed to be kidnapped and he's like oh my gosh i did it i rewrote history so he fixed the future well okay so a couple days pass and satoru goes to school. And he notices that Kaio's not in her seat. And he starts to panic like, what just happened? Why isn't she not here? Then he realizes that she actually ends up getting kidnapped still. But this time, it was just two days later instead of what he projected it to be. Wait, what? Yeah, so Satoru is so upset. He's screaming in rage. And all of a sudden, he has a revival. And he wakes up back in his 20-year-old body with the blood of his mom on his hand still. And the police are after him. So he runs to his boss's house. And he's like, hey, like, can you please help me? And the boss is like, sure, I'll help you. But really, it was actually a trap. And the boss called the police to come to arrest him. So Satoru runs out of the backside of the house, runs to his friend Irie's house, and Irie helps him. But all of a sudden, Irie's house is no longer safe because Irie receives this really suspicious text message from the kidnapper. Basically, her house blows up. So the mom's killer blew up the house. Yeah, so Satoru ends up getting caught by the police and arrested. And as they're walking him to the police car, all of a sudden, he looks over and he sees his man. And the man looks really familiar. And then all of a sudden, he has another revival and he wakes up in his 10-year-old body again. And this time, he's like, I have to save Kaio. There's no other way. Because otherwise, if I dealt, everything fails. So this time Satoru is really aggressive, tries to fix all the wrongs he could remember to make everything go right. So what he does is he tells Kyle, We're gonna go to this bus and you're gonna stay in this bus and you're never gonna leave until a couple days. So he takes Kyle to this abandoned bus and he doesn't want to tell anybody because he wants to throw off the kidnapper to not know where Kyle is. So a couple days go by and Kyle's in the bus. And all of a sudden at night, a man walks into the bus. And Kaio is like so scared. She starts trying to hide in the back of the bus. And a man is just going through the bus. And he drops his backpack in the bus. So the next day, Satoru and his friends go to the bus. And they see Kaio all shook up. And they find the backpack. And he... Dumps the backpack on the ground, all of these tools, these weird tools that a kidnapper would use to kill someone, all fall out. So it turns out that the kidnapper was actually in the bus with her. So now that they have the stuff, doesn't that mean they prevented the kidnapping? Yeah, so Satoru finally, this time, the third time, he manages to do everything right, and saves Kaio's life. But then he realizes there was three victims that got kidnapped, and there's two other girls that he has to try to save. So the next girl's name is Aya, and basically Satoru and his friends all go up to Aya, and they try to befriend her, and try to just get as close as they can with her to help her. Okay, this story is actually really interesting. So a couple days pass now, and all of a sudden, Satoru notices one of his classmates, that's a girl, acting really strange, and acting really weird, and she seems really sad, so he wants to go find her, and help her because he's worried that any girl at this point that looks like they're sad or they're going through it that he has to help them just in case they are the next victim so he runs after her and follows her into the school ice rink and then all of a sudden Yoshiro, the teacher is there and says like hey what's up like what are you doing and then satoru tells him like oh i'm trying to find my friend and i can't find her and then he goes oh she just left she's in that car down there so satoru is all freaked out like oh my gosh she got kidnapped and he tells yashiro we got to get in the car we got to go find her so satoru and yashiro hop in the car and they start heading after the car. And all of a sudden, Yashiro reveals to Satoru that he is actually the kidnapper and the killer this whole time. And he's so upset that Satoru's been getting involved, like screwing up all his plans. And this was his whole plan all along to get him. So Yashiro ends up driving his car into a frozen lake and locks Satoru in his seat. And all of a sudden, the car slowly starts drowning and Satoru ends up drowning dude you gotta be kidding me yeah so satoru ends up waking from a coma after 20 years he wakes up and his moms there helping him nursing him back to health and this shows that he actually was able to rewrite the past and save his mom but there's one horrible thing and that is that he forgot his memory he can't remember anything from his past his friends are all still alive Kaio's still alive she actually has a baby so satoru actually managed to stop all the kidnappings and all the murders yuki was able to get away free he wasn't framed for something he didn't do and everyone's okay but there's one issue The killer, Yashiro, is still around and still alive. And he's actually now a politician. And Yashiro is so sick, he tries to come to the hospital and help Satoru. Try to make it look like he cares. And so everyone around him doesn't think Yashiro did anything wrong. He's literally the killer though. Yeah, so Satoru doesn't realize that at the time because he can't remember his past. But as the days go by, he talks to his friends. And he slowly starts piecing together all these memories. And he realizes Yashiro is the killer. So one day, Yashiro, you know, wheels up Satoru to the top of the hospital like the very top the roof and he's about to kill him but all of a sudden Totoro had a plan he told all his friends that i'm gonna get yashiro to confess to all the murders and he basically drops Totoro off the edge of the building and satoru has like this like huge inflatable thing to save him and the police were there to arrest yashiro basically in the end yashiro gets caught goes to jail probably gets on death row all the friends live happily ever after I And mean, that's actually a really good story isn't it it's yeah. it was like a it's like a nine episode or eight episode um anime it was so cool leia and i actually like binged the whole thing so I, okay i left out a lot of details uh-huh. but i tried my best to tell you in like the best way i could remember it <laughs> no it was really interesting yeah it's a good story yeah big twitter news or big news all around actually indiana jones trailer indiana jones trailer i mean the trailer looked pretty crazy we gotta see cgi <laughs> harrison ford nice i haven't seen the trailer Oh, you haven't? No, when did this come out? Just like I think it came out today. Okay, yeah, darn it. So glad it, to... it was good though. Okay, well that's good. It looks exciting. I mean, it definitely looks like they're going kind of the time travel route uh-huh. in a way. Yeah, I think we. I think it's been pretty flushed out that it's gonna be time travel. It's gonna take yeah. like there's gonna be two Indiana Jones in the movie. Mm-hmm. One that's supposed to be from like right after the Raiders of the Lost Ark movie yeah and then one old indiana jones that's in the uh, current movie so that's what it's gonna be yeah we, we do see i'm it looks like two indiana joneses oh you see it i mean you see a young one okay right and you see the old one so there you go yeah <laughs> that's the young one <laughs> also crazy news it was just announced today at star wars celebration james mangold the creator of logan the director of logan which we all know and love yes logan, yeah. he's actually be directing a star wars movie that takes place. 25,000 years before episode four of star wars wait what yeah so 25,000 years 25,000 years i'm pretty sure it's either it's either 2500 2500 years or 25,000 years and i'm pretty sure it's 25,000 years uh-huh he really wanted he's he described it as wanting to have a biblical origin of the Force. And he wants to have a trilogy oh. of the beginnings. Oh, that sounds interesting, actually. Yeah. So it's going to be the beginning of the Force. The beginning of the Force. Apparently, Kathleen Kennedy met with him, and all that he knows as of right now is that it takes place 25,000 years before Episode Four, and it's the origin of the Force, and that he wants to really have, like, his his version of, like, the beginning, right? The Ten right. Commandments. He wants to really show... How Star Wars originated and all these themes of the force, of Jedi, of lightsabers all comes together. Oh. So it's gonna be literally the origin of Star Wars. Basically. Wow. I also heard Daisy Ridley's coming back. I don't know about that. Oh, okay. I know well, okay. This is what I saw. Daisy Ridley Ridley said That she's open to coming back. Oh. And she's like, said, like, Star Wars, call me if there's something to be done. Oh, okay. What'd you hear? I saw on like a news thing on Twitter that Daisy Ridley's coming back and she's going to be restoring a new Jedi Order. Huh. Yeah. But it could be, I guess it could be wrong, but it's a pretty reliable source. So I don't know. Well, maybe that's what she's referring to, like, hinting at, like, call me. And then that's what they called her about. I don't know. Oh, yeah. All right, guys, this next part of the podcast is called Whose Side You On, where Leia comes on and talks about a real life story, and we have to figure out if the writer of the story is right, or if they're a stupid, little, lame, (laughs) annoying person, okay? Put the toxic cap on, and let's get into it. Here comes Leia. (laughs) Woo, Leia. All right, Leia, whose side are you on?
1: All right, whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? (laughs) Go ahead. All right, whose side are you on? Is the boyfriend wrong or right? Am I wrong for throwing away food I know my girlfriend wanted?
0: Ooh, naughty, naughty, (laughs)
1: naughty. I, 24 male, live with my 23 female girlfriend and recently threw away the leftovers of a meal I cooked because she said she wanted to try some. For a bit of background, when we moved in together, we agreed that we would each only cook for ourselves and use our own dishes, which was my idea. The issue is sometimes she will now ask if she can have a bit of the food I'm cooking just to try it or wants to eat some of the leftovers I cook and then she offers to cook for both of us the next night. She now claims that it's a ridiculous rule to have and that I should grow out of the rule by now. On to the incident. I have made a stir fry and was finishing putting the leftovers in a container when she blatantly told me to just leave it out so she can have some. I of course said no and that I don't want her to eat what I cook and I put it in a container into the fridge and started to leave the kitchen. I went to the living room to grab my phone before going back into the kitchen to grab a drink when I saw my girlfriend Pulling my food out of the fridge and taking the lid off. I went over to the counter and grabbed the container and dumped the food in the trash to prevent her from eating it. Wow, this is like really dramatic. She stayed silent the whole time until finally calling me out and storming off. I don't really think I'm in the wrong as we agreed to this arrangement before moving in. So, I don't know. Was I in the wrong? Whose side are you on? Ah. Okay, that was pretty dramatic of him to just like grab the food from her though and like throw it in the trash. Yeah. Because, like, I get it. It's an agreement. But why do you got to do that? Like,
0: I mean, yeah, she's hungry. Yeah, Yeah. sure. You love her. I hope.
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, it doesn't seem like (laughs) it.
0: Dude, that's crazy. I know. I think you would rather waste the food than let her eat it.
1: I know. I mean, I get it. Maybe you're, like, really obsessive and, like, (laughs) over your food. But (laughs) I think you went a little too far for that one. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the wrong.
0: Bro, you gotta chill. (laughs) What the heck? You're making all the boyfriends out here look bad.
1: All right. Whose side are you on? Is the writer wrong or right? The title is I'm So Angry. (laughs) So that's a good start. Yeah. My boyfriend and I have been together for three years, and the goal coming into this year was for us to be engaged by the end of this quarter. Unfortunately, his stepdad passed away recently, and that timeline has been pushed another month by the end of April. Apparently, he has to bear a lot of financial responsibility for the funeral, and while I get that, I don't want to seem insensitive, but I just don't see why he can't do both concurrently. What does one have to do with the other? Earlier today, he mentioned he'd like to go look at the rings this weekend, but I'm getting to the point where I'm just starting to feel resentment for having to wait. What would you guys do in this situation? Whose side are you on?
0: He's in a very difficult time right now. Yeah. Right? And if you truly, like, love each other, then you should understand that. Yeah, and that I should supersede any kind of, like, desire of your, your choosing.
1: Exactly. I don't see why you would think it's right to have resentment towards him when, obviously, he's going through a lot of loss. He's going through, like, heartbreak and, you know, all these other things emotionally as well as financially. I mean, give him a break. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, if, if you guys have been together for a while now and this tragic moment happens and kind of sets you guys back, Then it's just meant to be like you just wait a a little bit longer, you know, I think
1: that's like life like right you choose your partner you want to be with. Yeah, and like to go through life with the good or the bad or And, and the bad.
0: Right. And to be fair, if you're like getting mad at him over like this, you know, like then you should really rethink you being in this relationship because like that if that ever got out that you said these things like in your I hope your fiance or your boyfriend knows this. Because, like, I would be, like, really turned off by that. I feel like that is such a...
1: I would be so upset.
0: Yeah, like, really, girl? Like, you're going to get upset, like, through one of the darkest times of, like, I didn't... It's not even my fault, you know? Yeah. It's like I care about my family. And look, he cares about his family, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, girl, you're so wrong. I hope this never gets out for your own, you know, your own good.
1: Yeah, you know the saying, like, why don't you put yourself in someone else's shoes? I think you should do that. Yeah.
0: Thank you, (laughs) Leia. Woo! All right, guys, if you made it this far in the podcast, thank you so much for watching, for listening, for being here, for being part of the Just The Nobodies team. We'll see you guys tomorrow on TikTok, and we'll see you guys next Saturday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And if you didn't hit this already, you didn't hit the subscribe button or like button, do it now. <laughs> this is your last chance. Last chance. The video is slowly getting smaller and smaller away from the end, so this is your moments where you want to have some love in your life. Just. Smack it, smack it, smack it hard! If you sh- and you commented, you smacked it, <laughs> and we'll see you on the Talk. God bless you guys. See ya. Love ya.